0: Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Webcentral.
1: Everything technology, from
2: computers to mobile phones, TVs
1: and the internet. Information you want, Want all the help you need. Your Tech Life, with Trevor Long.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Um, Just playing with the levels there. God love it. Uh, Now, this is episode 2. 178. And by goodness me, isn't the internet in the news today? If you're a pirate, stand by for a letter because you may well be getting a letter that says, hey, you downloaded that illegally. We'd like you to pay for it because the Dallas Buyers Club won their court, their case in the federal court uh, for discovery um, over IONet, and we'll talk about that in a moment. So a very interesting and kind of landmark case if you think about you know piracy the internet and the way we communicate and how our details have been anonymous up until now uh, we have a lot of calls to get through we're going to talk Foxtel iq3 we're going to talk printers we're going to talk crackle if you don't know what that is we'll stand by uh, and we're going to talk public transport yes i said that correctly public transport the reason we're going to talk public transport is there's a new public transport app available to you to use here in Australia, and it's a little bit more than most of the ones I've seen before. It' so quite a good little uh, app, and I think it'll be worthwhile having that chat. So we'll talk to Alex Torres from Move It uh, a little bit later. All that and more, and you know the most important thing: if you've got a question, a comment, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, all you got to do is get in touch, say g'day, day, and uh, we will have you on the show. We'll have a chat. We'll try and help you with the world of technology and make uh, make sense of things, perhaps. If things aren't making sense, then all you need to do is reach out, say g'day, go to the website, eftm.com.au, and see if I can help. I'll only try. That's all I can do is try. This is Your Tech Life. It might sound crazy when
2: I'm about to-
0: Time in April and May last year, the Dallas Buyers Club, the people that made that movie, uh, asked a little German company, or asked a, a German program, a company uh, with a program called Maverick Eye, I'll get it right, um, to do a bit of research into who was illegally downloading the movie. So somewhere between April two and May twenty seven, they they basically just watched the internet. And, and they, this piece of software basically pretended it wanted Dallas Buyers Club. And it would, it would sit there waiting for someone to send it to it. And this is how torrents work. And as someone sent it to it, it would say, thank you. It would write down their IP address, the time, the date. And then it would say, actually, no, I don't want it. So it didn't actually download anything. But it tracked and kept a record of every single one of them. And the company found 4,762 IP addresses. And um, they said to IONet, um, here's a list of IP addresses. Um, how about you hand over their details so that we can get in touch about our little um, illegal download problem? Well, didn't that cause a drama? IONet said very clearly, we will never disclose customer details to a third party, such as a movie studio, studio, unless ordered to do so by a court. So after a court, they went... the Federal Court of Australia, in fact. And over a period of time and a bunch of, you know, days of hearings, um, everyone presented their sides. And today, the judge ruled that Ionet did have to hand over the details of those 4,762 people. Now, if you don't understand what all this means, let me give you a really crass and simple example. You're driving down the freeway. And you park on the side of the road and the cars come past you 100 miles an hour. The only way you know, the only way you can identify those cars is the number plate. But the number plate means nothing. But the number plate is unique to that person in that car at that time. So if you were to write down all the number plates and then go to the RTA and say, we'd like a list of all these people, can you give us their addresses? Because, um, you know, I, I, I had a crash and I want someone to tell me what happened. I don't know why you'd want it. Um, the RTA is going to say no. But if you're the police, then those number plates are a way of identifying the owner of the car, and in turn, you can send them a fine. The reason I did not want to hand over the details was because in America, they have a thing called speculative invoicing. So what happens is these companies like Dallas Buyers Club, they send an invoice to people, that says, oh, you, know, uh, you owe us $1,000 because you downloaded the program illegally. Otherwise, we'll take you to court. IONET don't believe that is proper process, and in Australia it is not. So the judges ruled that, that IONET does have to hand over the customer details, but critically, critically has also made Dallas Buyers Club pay the cost of IONET, but critically he's also required that the letters that are sent to the you know alleged infringers are vetted by the court. So the court's going to get to see the letter. The court's going to get to um, decide if that letter is appropriate. And the court's also ruled that the public, the details of those 4,700 people must be kept private. So that's not a bad outcome. And that's actually what I have said. So I tonight have said that they are pleased and it's what they expected. So it's kind of interesting because a lot of a lot of people up in arms you know it's the end of end of um um end of privacy you know we don't have uh we don't have privacy anymore i an internet providers are going to hand over personal details it's not true but does it open the door to something bigger so what if you're uh i don't know Vince what's his name Gilligan or Gillian Gilligan i think it is anyway the bloke that made breaking bad and better call Saul what if you're him and you want to know everyone who downloaded that and you happen to have that same kind of list? Can you just email every ISP and say, hand it over? Because the third party here is the court. So it sounds to me like everyone's going to have to go to court. But if they go to court, there's a precedent now. So very interesting times. Um, my advice to you is not to download things illegally. That would be the best way to go. Um, and if you don't download illegally, you won't... Get a little letter. (laughs) Simple, really. But I understand the frustration. And I understand the frustration is that if only the movies would be made available in Australia at the same time as the rest of the world, then we wouldn't have this problem. True. But they need to make their money back. They're a business, they don't make it. It's not a charity. And yes, I know you'll pay for it. But if 4,000 people pay for a movie, that does not make a blockbuster success. So they still need to release it in the same way to to create the same marketing hype. It's not as easy as just saying make it available worldwide at the same time. There's a bunch of people in Australia who lose their jobs and go out of business because it would change the model. That has to happen over time, unfortunately. Plenty of people disagree with me on that, but I think it's fact. And I think you need to deal with the fact that it's not going to change immediately. But we are in this kind of black hole phase where I think it will change. And I think we will get what we want in the long term. But a big outcome, if you're one of the and se- 4,700 people, let me know. Are you worried? In fact, what if, if you're one of those people and you get the letter, what will you do? Will you just do whatever the letter says or will you get a lawyer? I think that's the problem. I think most people will go, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> and there'll, there'll be some, in fact, I it might somehow um, allow, you know, kind of facilitate this. But imagine a form letter is, is constructed from a, a great lawyer that says, uh, well, we, we reject your claim. Uh, you have no physical proof that my client was the specific person who downloaded it. Uh, and, you know, it will be a whole different thing because the owner of the account isn't necessarily the person who downloaded it. Really interesting times ahead, let me tell you that. Um, but uh, the court case went the way of the movies, movie theaters, but very much what Ionet wanted. So kind of a win-win situation. You're listening to Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening. You can get in touch anytime you like, eftm.com.au. Get in touch. If you've got a question, a problem, we just want to have a chat about anything technology. Jump on the blower. We'll have a chat. Let's go to calls. G'day, Matt.
3: Hey, Trevor. How are you, buddy? Good,
0: mate. What can I do for you?
3: Mate, um, uh, we got IQ3 the other day, mm-hmm. and um, I've got to say I'm a little bit disappointed at it, <laughs> um, with it at the moment. Mm. Um, I think the interface itself is absolutely brilliant, and it's really it looks spectacular but the lagging I don't know I think that's got a lot of glitches in it I've heard about them but,
0: So when you um, say lag yeah. what are you seeing I mean when when does it uh, become apparent to you that it's laggy
3: well when you use the the remote um, sometimes like 5 seconds you'll push the button and then 5 seconds later or sometimes in 10 seconds later that's when it will move if you know what I mean it's yeah. just uh, it's not instantaneous um, sometimes the remote just doesn't work at all. Sometimes everything just freezes. Um, I'm hoping Foxtel bring out an update very soon. So
0: when did you get yours? This. Sorry. When did you get yours?
3: I uh, got it on for Thursday afternoon.
0: The, only afternoon only the week so. just gone.
3: Yes, yes, last Thursday. So I've only had it for a few days. And mm, okay. uh,
0: yeah. So the thing is, it. They, they reckon they've got two hundred thousand of these boxes in the in the market oh sorry in in, yeah. in australia they they shipped i think two thousand of them and then yeah. it became apparent there was a bug uh, yeah. and they did issue a software upgrade. Have you checked yeah. whether you 've got that latest software
3: well apparently we have got the latest software because um my wife was telling me before that yeah we we have one of the boxes that has been updated, upgraded yes because so, i when yeah. I
0: received mine which was I'm going to say Tuesday last week, maybe Monday. Yep. Um, I'm thinking it might have been a week earlier. No. And um, I checked the software after I heard all these dramas and it was it was up to date. Now, you can't just force a software upgrade yourself. You have to ring them and then they do it like in the middle of the night. They'll push it down. And it goes offline for, for 10 or 15 minutes. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I would call them, but it sounds like your your feedback is more, look, things not broken as per some of the complaints. It's just well, look, a I, different experience. Yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, my, my I've been looking at some of the threads, um, the forum threads, and uh, I mean, like <laughs> compared to some of them, ours is nothing. Have you, got,
0: like, have you got? Have you got? Still got another old box in your house, or did you replace it?
3: Um, I have. I replaced a, a previous um, HD box.
0: See, I've so, still got the old HD box in the lounge room. And I've got the IQ3 in the man cave. done to my wife; she hasn't yeah. looked yet. Um, <laughs> and I've got to be honest. I think sometime and I'm not not saying it's specifically what you're going through, but I think sometimes we expect more than we we should be getting. So I look at, and yeah, I mean, it's a different experience, but man, when I browse the old EPG, it's slow as buggery, it's a bit you know laggy. So I think that what they should have done was produce not only a new look EPG, but one that was lagless. But the problem is they didn't because what this whole thing's a web page. everything you look at yeah. is HTML five. So yeah. it's actually got to download and render kind of thing. So it's actually inherently not immediate. But I think they will have to take on board feedback such of yours, such as yours and kind of say, well, we probably need to do some work on this. So how they do that I don't know, but probably you know some tweaks to the interface. Um it's not going to happen overnight though, mate. It's it's going to take no. some time.
3: Yeah. I, I did hear that they were going to bring – because one thing I, I – like I said, I think it, it, it looks spectacular, mm. but there's only one thing that, like, um, that really is sort of irking me at the moment. Mm. Like, when when I, like, if I leave a show that I've recorded and I've, I've come, like, halfway through it or whatever, um, if I go back to that show, I don't know if it's the episode that I've been watching, whereas the other – Ages ago, like with the other box, it would tell you viewed, and you know, oh, that's the one that oh. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of. The middle of. Oh, whereas, so you don't whereas, get that now. One, what, what
0: do you get? Nothing.
3: Well, now that's that's the thing. I, I like the idea when you, if you're recording a show, like say, let's give you an example, like Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um If you're watching, um, like you recorded a few episodes of Breaking Bad, and you just you click on one episode to like to watch it, but you you haven't finished that episode. If you want to go back to it, you can't remember what episode it is. It doesn't mark that you've you've actually been watching that um, episode. So if you've got about oh, four nice. or five episodes there um, in that in that say Breaking Bad folder, mm. um, there's not a indication to say oh which one you were watching. Maybe. Oh, I didn't. That's, I haven't yeah, looked. That's, yeah, yeah. That's one of the only things that um, unless unless it's in the settings or whatever, but. I can't seem to find that, and I, I actually have heard that um, I haven't had this problem, but I've heard that there. Are, um, if you're if you're watching a show and you go back to it, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't resuming from there. It was actually starting the show again. Yeah, um, well, that's, that's ridiculous. I, that's yeah. what I've, I've I've heard of some people. Uh, some people's problems that they were having. Yeah, right. But um, Well, look, I, mean, I, I haven't
0: I haven't, I haven't done enough recording. I might set some recordings up tonight and see how that all comes out and see whether it does give yeah. me that same problem because it's pretty – see, the thing is there were some good things about the old interface, even though it was fugly. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there were some good things about it, but, you know, that needs to be fixed and you don't want to go backwards. See, the thing I know – this is going to sound stupid, but I noticed this – when you scroll forward through the EPG, like the the on-screen EPG while you're watching a program, you know, the lower third, and you go yeah. like two programs ahead, you can hit record, but you can't hit remind. You no, can't You no, can't remind yourself it. of shows coming up. So a few that's little things right. that have disappeared, and you think, well, I used that feature.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, why is it not there it. anymore? Yeah, that, that's right. And another thing I've heard you talk about, um, uh, to Stephen, about that if you play do that playback mode or start again mode mm, start over it's um it, yeah yeah start over mode it it plays plays it but it's only in um s on hd so yeah it's
0: adaptive streaming it's not perfect quality no doubt but i guess that's no, no, you know no, do no, you want that feature or do you want quality
3: <laughs> yeah yeah that's right that's exactly Tough right call. But, I well mean, look I, other than that look i think it looks it looks fantastic it's um
0: I mean, look, let me put it to you this way: Would you would you send it back if, if they said, okay, do you want to swap it out? Would you would you take the old one back? Um, no. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where it's kind of hopefully over a course of time it'll get better. I don't think Absolutely. it's I don't think the lag and those little things are enough not to get the box. Still, I still think it's a better box fundamentally, um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I would recommend it still to people. But you know, you've just got to yeah. go in with open eyes, I guess.
3: Well, for us, it was it was it was a no-brainer. It was just the storage space, you know, yeah, right. and um, the, the capability of recording four shows at once. I mean, yeah, pretty awesome. So just, yeah, All right, is,
0: mate. Well, good luck, enjoy, and um, hopefully there'll Thanks, be more mate. upgrades coming up over the uh, weeks and months ahead.
3: <laughs> All
1: right, mate. Thanks, Trev.
0: So, well, thanks to the good people at Garmin. We do it each and every week with their support. And uh, a little product I got, ha- got my hands on last week is the Garmin Vivo Active. Now, the Vivo Active is a play on their Vivo Smart, their little um, fitness tracker. But it's a whole lot more. It's got a, uh, a, tut- it's got a large, larger screen, much larger screen. Uh, it has smart notifications, but it also has built-in sports apps. So the built-in sport apps track your progress even, a- even when you're away from your phone. So you, you swipe through the options menu, you choose GPS assisted running, golfing, cycling, all these different things. And you can view your stats even during your outdoor workouts. It's a high resolution color touchscreen that stays very readable in direct sunlight. So it's actually a really good little thing. Plus, you're getting all your smart notifications. So gentle gentle vibrations to alert you incoming calls, texts email, a whole bunch of things like that, and all you do is simply swipe the screen. Uh, and, and read more, touch, whatever whatever you like. It's a whole bunch of things you can do, Customizable watch faces, very cool little product. I'm gonna, I've am gonna i been using the Phoenix 3 for a while. Um, so a uh, whole bunch to uh, look at there. But if you want to see more, check it out at uh, garmin.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon.
1: Your, Your Tech, Tech Life, Life with Trevor Long.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. If you've got a question about technology, problem with technology does not matter what it is. Get in touch, say good day, and uh, we have a chat about anything you like. Let's go back to phones. G'day, Andrew.
1: Hello, how are you going?
0: Good, buddy. What can I do for you?
1: Uh, look, uh, my partner is, uh, is you now working, uh, look, she'll be working from home from the 20th of this month. All right. Um, uh, so, so we're looking at uh, purchasing a home printer. Uh, I haven't purchased one in, a, in, a, in about five, five, ten years. Yeah, so I don't really know what's uh, what's out there at the moment. What's good? What's not? Which brands are, are good? Which ones aren't? So, uh, just just wondering uh, to point me in the right direction. Look, you
0: know what? Not much has changed, if I'm honest. Um, okay. pr- uh, Canon, HP, um, they're still probably your two big names out there. Your big retailers. Uh, Fuji, Xerox is another one that I've tried a bit lately. Um, it it's important to look at what you want from the printer. So. For example, obviously, you've still got the inkjet versus laser question, but laser printers are so much cheaper these days than they ever were before. Uh, yes. And, you know, they offer a very different level quality. You know, they, they kind of print so fast and, and great quality. So I do think for kind of office style work, the, the laser is a great way to go. We've actually got a, a Fuji Xerox um, color laser printer. It's only a little thing, so, you know, it's quite tall. So it's a, a box, basically, about 40 centimeters square cube. And um, you know what? Printing great, you know, you know, handouts for the kids, printing out my wife's work, printing out colour, whatever. The only thing you're not going to get on it is is photographic style prints. But yeah, everything else very, is yeah. great. And and the thing is, the consumables are very expensive. So uh,
1: yeah, look like uh, in cartridges.
0: Yeah, but but here's the thing, right? I remember I bought, I got this um, laser printer. They they sent it to me to review, and and they said I could keep it. I thought great, very much. And I said to my wife, when you're at OfficeWorks next, get some of these cartridges. She came back freaked out. It was four hundred dollars. Wow. But wow. but we didn't use them for a year. So oh. in, in the time that we used to on an old HP we had, we used to buy the things every couple of months. You know, it's sixty bucks a pop, um, you know, for, for different colours, so still a hundred and something dollars. Uh yeah. we didn't use any. And and to be honest, I think I've had that thing now. Nearly two years, and we've only bought the laser cartridges once. Now, we're not printing every day, but for my mind, the efficiency of the laser printer was extraordinary. So I was very happy with that. So be careful not to be put off by the consumable price, but it's an important thing to look at. The other one I'd get you to look at is one I only just reviewed uh, two weeks ago on the website, EFTM, um, is a Canon. Now, it's, I think, off the top of my head, it was an MG7560. Now, the thing I liked about it was it was fully Wi-Fi. And think about this. The printer takes up a lot of ugly desk space. So if you could put the printer in a cupboard, like if there was a, somewhere there's a PowerPoint, like a bookshelf, whatever, it doesn't have to be connected to a computer anymore. It, It can be on Wi-Fi. And that mm. frees you up big time in terms of your office space, your desk space, really big deal. And so I would recommend you look at that. What devices do you have in the house? Mobiles, tablets, those kind of things.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, so so it's a couple of iPads. Uh, I've got my MacBook Air. My uh, girlfriend will be bringing, bringing her, her computer home from work, her laptop.
0: So you want uh, to look for a thing called AirPrint.
1: Yes, okay. correct. AirPrint
0: correct. is so awesome. When your printer is on your network, all you've got to do is on any document, you hit that little share icon on your iPad, and yep. you get the option to print, and it just shows the printer, and you just hit print, and it comes out. It's it's sensational, it really is. Yes. So do not get a printer that does not have AirPrint. Yes,
1: definitely. That's one of uh, uh, that's something that we'll be
0: looking for, definitely, definitely. So look, I I think you know you shouldn't worry too much about it. You should be warned away from the cheap printers. You know, the hundred dollars. Because they're, 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 the ink's going to cost you more just to on the first run because they put um, small cartridges in them off the shelf. Um, you know, invest. You know, make it a couple yep. of hundred dollars. Uh, invest in it. And if you can afford a laser, depending on what kind of work she's doing and printing out, then it might be, well be a
1: very good investment. Okay, fantastic. I'll jump online and, uh, and have a look at the at, at your latest review as well.
0: All right, Andrew. Thank you, mate. And enjoy your time. Thanks for reaching out.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Your
0: Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. You can get in touch anytime you like. Just go to the website eftm.com.au or you can call 1-800-157-157 or, of course, jump on Twitter at Trevor Long. Now, it's actually interesting. I was going to say there's a lot of apps for public transport, but there isn't. It's one of those spaces where it actually... It's funny that the government, the government who runs the, the transport systems, don't provide these apps. They actually provide data. And it's therefore up to, you know, entrepreneurs and and smart people to come up with the apps that help us get around. And I guess the only one that comes to my mind is TripView, and it's been around for a little while. But there's a new player on the market that is not just a Sydney app. It's not just an Australian app. It's a global app. And uh, that intrigues me more than anything. So um, uh, on the line from Move It is Alex Totters. G'day, Alex. How are you doing, mate?
4: Hello, Trevor. Thank you for having me over.
0: Mate, Move It, tell me... What's the elevator pitch for this app? Why would I download MoveIt if I'm a public transport user?
4: Let's say that you want to have a free app that allows you to have access to all different modalities of transportation in your city. And uh, you have a Windows phone, or you may have an Android phone, mm-hmm. or you may have an, uh, an iOS phone. And also, let's say that I mean, let's say you live in Sydney, but you tend to travel to Melbourne from time to time, or mm. maybe you go to Adelaide or Canberra, and you don't want to be downloading different apps at the same time, yep. and, I, and or, or not wanting to pay money for them. Mm. Um, and another reason would be, let's say that you're one of those like me that I love to give feedback about anything that I do in my life, and I like to review. A, uh, public transportation, and I also like to share with other members of the community how good or how bad, you know, the usage of public transportation is in my city. So critically, so, uh, it's not
0: just about getting from A to B. It's about the yep. experience that that is included in that trip. It's about do you then help people find the best route based on the crowdsourced information, which becomes the critical point of difference for your app?
4: Yeah, because I always say that it's very easy to launch a... Uh, local transportation app. The difficult part is to preserve and to keep and to perfect the data that you may get from uh, transit authorities or the data you may get from the community. And that's what we do. I mean, we use that data from our users that they will really Give us that data and uh, we use it back and we revert it back to the product and, uh, and we and will make it better
0: so it's obviously not something to be laughed at this is a global organization you're you're a man who spent uh, you know some nine years in very senior roles at Google working on things like uh, Google Maps and you're now head of global product marketing and you know the 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 company the startup which is um, headquartered both in San Francisco and Tel Aviv. Um, has some massive amounts of investment from companies like Nokia and BMW so th- there 's obviously a, a future potential here that those kind of companies are looking at and seeing some real need for for the data that is you know about our journeys not just about the the systems of public transportation
4: yeah it's uh, it's it 's been quite an interesting ride I, mean, I I left google about six months ago and uh, right after leaving google we got the uh, seriously C funding, uh, $50 million, mm-hmm. uh, five zero from BMW and Nokia, and, uh, and and also from Sequoia Capital as well. And and then we also, we announced our 15 million users, 1-5. Uh, so there were a lot of things going on in also 500 cities, 50 countries, 35 languages, it's it's getting into a very interesting uh, situation for the company. I mean, we get in uh, these numbers are just not the numbers of a simple startup. We get into like uh, big numbers from like a big company, hmm. and uh, but at the end of the day, we are very much focused on our number one priority, which is basically to provide the best user experience, um, to really listen to what the users want us to do with our product. Like uh, every single profession that we launch. Uh, we're very uh photo on the feedback that we receive from the community, and uh we 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 try to implement all those features uh according to their feedback so um yes th- th- there's a th- there's a huge interest i mean for us to partner with the right partners as well, and we're open to working with uh all the partners in Australia that's also a reason why for me being here as well launching the product and also just to just to see how business works here in, mm. in Australia, and uh, it's it's very exciting. I mean, so far I'm very impressed with everything I've seen in Melbourne and over here in Sydney.
0: And, and so, how does that um, how does that come out for the user experience? Let's talk through. So, I um, let's say I'm heading to work, and I've I've downloaded the app. So, people listening to us right now, they're going to download the app. It's free to download. Now, I've just typed in go from my current location. And I've put my I've set my home and my work. Uh, and it's given me options, you know, that that says it when at what time it leaves, and I can see very quickly on the on the kind of icon based service that is, you know I've got to walk a bus a train and then a walk again. And I mean, if I just use it for route planning. Um, you know, will I will I notice much difference or is it really important that you get involved in the in the community and start leaving feedback and, and information and how does that actually change what happens to your journey planning?
4: Mm-hmm. So that's a great question because, I mean, there are different types of users that are actually uh, uh, using the product. I mean, some of them are more of the active users and so those mm. are the ones that we actually call uh, community members. And there are some of those that, they just consume the product and they just consume the feedback that all the people may give. This is just a common situation for any product mm. uh, worldwide and us and in particular when we talk about user-generated content. So it all depends on what you want to do. If mm. you are one of those like me who love, you know, we love giving feedback about everything, mm. I'll give the feedback. If you're one of those that you prefer, just okay, I'm gonna to want to get from A to B, I Want to get from St James's Station here in Sydney, and I want to get somewhere close to the Opera House because I want to just do some sight- sightseeing or whatever. Mm. You can do that, but uh, there's some specific. There's some specific social demographics and some specific people like me that we love giving that feedback, and we want to make the. The product better and also that also reverts back to everyone who's using it and also reverts back to the city. And uh, Because we also need, we, we can't forget that the, the, the product is also available in 35 languages. So mm-hmm. that's also very advantageous for a, a city like Melbourne, in Australia or any other big cities in, in, in the country because we've got a large amount of tourists coming over and people who may come from China, who may come from other parts of the region may also mm-hmm. be able to use the product here. So that's, uh, that will be something very advantageous
0: and so i guess what 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 my most interesting uh, curiosity around it is um if i if i if i live in a place where my my route uh, options are low i mean i've i've always got to catch the same bus to get to the train there's not much option around that um and then I catch a train. There's only really two lines to choose from. How does the feedback become part of the journey planning? Like, what is does it put, Is it just going to prompt me to say, you should know that this is a regularly, this service regularly runs late? Is it going to tell me this service is regularly listed as crowded? Is it going to give me that kind of information?
4: Um, only if you browse over the lines. So let's say that, uh, One case scenario is that, as you were saying, you're, tr- you're planning your trip. And you, do, you also decide to use a feature, a functionality that we call uh, ride mode, mm-hmm. which basically guides you step by step. You are passively, when you use that feature, you're passively providing the feedback because uh-huh. you're anonymously providing your logs yes. back to our product, and that's anonymous, and uh, there's no issue in terms of how your data is going to be, is going to be preserved. It's all private. Um, but at the same time, let's say that once you've been planning your trip and you've been uh, checking on the map, you click on a on a bus station or a bus stop that is nearby, and you're going to be able to browse all the feedback that people have been given about it. So there are millions of options about that. There's, and also on the same product, you may be able to see different ways to provide the feedback. It could be a bit about how to improve the route, mm. or it could be, as you we were mentioning, um, how crowded, how clean. Um, how busy the, the and specific buses could be,
0: yeah, and that's all going to make the public transport system better for us as users, and hopefully maybe you'll be doing deals to um, provide that information back as as continuous feedback to the uh, government operators
4: absolutely and uh, as a matter of fact any any transit authority i mean uh, of any kind i mean we they've got access to a, a mini dashboard that we prepare for them and they can actually take any incidents or any anything that our users are more concerned about mm-hmm. and, and any top relevant uh, discussions or things that uh, they could be beneficial for them. So that's another thing that we're very uh, conscious about doing. We've got extremely good relationships with transit uh, authorities all, the, all over the world, and uh, we're more than happy to help anyone here in in, in Australia to really improve biotransportation.
0: Mm. and i guess the uh the old saying throw a number in but 15 million people can't be wrong (laughs) if that's a pretty good number of uh downloads and a a community that you're growing
4: yeah and two hundred thousand australians so far that's a lot of people pretty good number
0: well (laughs) congratulations on the on the funding congratulations on the local launch congratulations on the app and um here's to bigger and better things and and efficient transportation and easy planning for for the australian public good on you
4: Thank you so much, Trevor, and uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here in Australia. Hopefully, I'll be back announcing more things about it.
0: Enjoy your time.
4: Thank you. Whatever's on your mind,
0: if you've got a question about technology, problem with technology, you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, jump on the website, eftm.com.au. John did. G'day, John. Yeah,
2: hi, Trevor. What
0: can uh, I do for you, mate? Uh,
2: I'll just ring you up to tell you about a. Um, App I saw or been watching for a couple of days. called mm. Crackle. I don't know if you've ever heard
0: of it. I have heard of it. It's um, it's Sony that owns it. Is it not? From memory.
2: Yeah, apparently it's Sony. I think they. And how did Sony. you
0: come across it, mate? Beg your pardon. How did you come across it?
2: Um, I think I just read something about on the
0: internet
2: and something about free movies and I thought I'd have a look.
0: <laughs> Normally they're not very good, but this one seems quite good. And um the, I'll tell you where I've watched it, uh Jerry Seinfeld has a show on the internet called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee and it's funded by Crackle and it appears on Crackle. Um and there's a bunch of other movies there. I remember seeing a few good men and you know, it's not like there's new releases, but they're all free, isn't it?
2: Yeah, they are, and um, it doesn't seem to be loaded with ads or anything, we're just watching one at the moment, and um, I think sometimes there's an ad at the front of a movie, but um, it doesn't seem to be any ads during the movies.
0: No, I, well, no, I'm going to say to you, I have watched it and been interrupted by ads. Have you? Yeah, and, and here's my biggest gripe with uh, with internet advertising in videos, it's always the same bloody ads. Mm. Um. It's like Channel Ten's Ten Play catch-up service. It's excellent, and we we tried watching a bunch of shows, but it was always the same four ads every break. And it's like you just don't get that on television because there's so many more advertisers. Um, but so essentially, with Crackle, I think depending on what you're watching, depends on how many ads you get. I mean, if it's a really popular bit of content, mm. there'll be a few ads. I think. Okay. But well, free ad. I mean, it's free, isn't it? So well, you know, a couple free. of ads is not going to kill you, is it? No,
2: exactly. And um, yeah, that Jerry Seinfeld stuff—it's so quite funny. It's uh, really
0: good. Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've quite enjoyed that over the years, and it's a good way to watch it because uh, you can you can airplay Crackle onto your big screen TV too. So good way to watch, yeah, you know, no, normal content beautiful. on your on your actual normal TV as well. Oh, that's a good recommendation, yeah. mate. Have you tried the uh, the likes of Netflix and Stan and Presto yet, though? I haven't
2: tried uh, those yet. Mm. Um, um, because we sort of get a few movies delivered, and mm-hmm. we, with um, the different other catch up things on TV, we haven't had to um, do any of those yet.
0: Ah, right, okay. Well, you're, you're covered for uh, for content right now, but when the time comes, mate, you never know. You might want to check one of those out, mate. It sounds uh... yes,
2: we should. Yeah, we could do that. I just wanted to thank it for the show. I uh, really oh, like it, I've been, watching, been listening to it for a long time and um, taken up quite a few things that um, I've heard you talk about, like good. Sonic TV and um, Global Gig and Pocket okay. Cast, um, all these things I've heard
0: about on your show. Good one, mate. That's really good to hear, and I appreciate the feedback, mate. Any time you've got a question or uh, want to have a chat about technology, get back in touch and we'll have a chat. All right, John?
4: Yeah, no
2: problem. Thanks,
0: Trevor. Good on you, mate. And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. <laughs> whole bunch to listen to and uh, think about there. Uh, I'd love your thoughts on the Move It app. I've used it a little bit, and I quite like the fact that you can you can go from one location to another and actually takes you across a whole bunch of different transport options, whereas TripView, which is awesome, only kind of goes, well, here's this line, take that, but it doesn't help me go from one complete destination to another. It's very a little bit more complicated. It's like looking at separate timetables, so I think they can improve that, or I'm using it wrong, but... Anyway, move it looks very cool. Love to hear from you. If you want to get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com.au. Jump on Twitter, say day at Trevor Long. Talk to you next week. This is episode 278. We'll be back next week with 279 right here. Your Tech Life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.